You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. Hey everybody, this show is brought to you by Kingpin Tattoo Supply. You can check them out at kingpintattoosupply.com for all your tattoo supply needs. They have the best products on the market from needles that I've talked about before to stencil solution to all your tattoo shop supplies. For 20 years, Kingpin has been around making sure you, the artist, have what you need to do your job. In an industry that is constantly changing, guys, hit up Kingpin. They are solid. They're not going anywhere, and they're going to make sure that you have the right stuff. Make sure to order from Kingpin today. Visit kingpintattoosupply.com or call them at 888-299-5675. That's 888-299-5675 or kingpintattoosupply.com. Kingpin Tattoo Supply for the artists since 1996. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sullen Radio Podcast. I'm Joe Swanson. My guest this uh, week was none other than world traveler Boog. It was amazing talking to him. He has a great perspective on the industry. We talked about his history and tattooing from a very young age. He was influenced by Chicano art and tattoos coming out of prison on his uncles and we talked about a time when he was depressed and he created his first book from the streets with love. And we also got into his world travel, how he stays inspired and what he's trying to leave as a legacy. So this is Sullen Radio. I'm Joe Swanson, and this is my talk with artist Boog. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art driven podcast. Hey everybody, what's happening? This is Joe Swanson. Welcome to Sullen Radio. I'd like to welcome my guest today. I'm very honored to have on Boog, Boog Star, man. How you doing, brother? I'm fantastic, man. I just uh, finished a humongous uh, sleeve and uh, I'm still exhilarated, you know, like that, that feeling when you get like after like not only a tattoo, but like knocking out a sleeve. It's just like I'm kind of addicted to that, to that <laughs> feeling, you know? I that do know. Yeah, yeah, man. It's, um, you know, one of those things, you know, we, we, everybody's seen on Instagram, you know, there's these draw on sleeves, these drawn body suits that you knock out all around the world. Um, talk about your beginning, man, your beginning of tattooing, because a lot of people think, you know, those things come easy and they come quick and they don't realize how long guys like you have been doing this thing. And you've developed those skills. Talk about that early time of tattooing, man. Um, actually, before any of the industry and any of the BS industry has the offer and all of that stuff, I was, I was, uh, I was at peace. Like I was the only one that I knew um, that tattooed. So when I, even as a child, like I, I had seen, uh, I was introduced to tattooing at an early age with my uncles and my grandfather. He had the old the Merchant Marine tattoos and. Um, so when he would lay around on the floor, I would see his tattoo, the sweet and sour, the goopy dolls, and then uncles would come home from prison with fresh ink. And like, I was just drawn towards, I was fascinated by, by tattooing. And, uh, even at a young age, I remember wanting the tattoo, even like around eight or nine, I had seen first seen a tattoo being done. And then I wanted one. And, and now I know how ridiculous it must be for a child to want a tattoo like that so bad, but. I did want one, and I just was like, I was fascinated ever since. You know, I did all this silly, the little shit, and then 
like dabbled on myself, like, you know, on cousins ever since around 12, you know, 11 and 12, poking my cousins with the, with the needle and thread. And then, uh, then got introduced to a home prison gun. And uh, never, I've never been to prison, nor do I want to go, but I, 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 that's, that was my introduction to tattooing. It was the homemade prison gun. A guy came back got from, from the joint, and he, he gave me the get if I would tattoo him. So I did, and then the rest is history. Uh, as far as that goes, um, I would, uh, in the early age, you know, my flash of reference with tattoo magazines, uh, there wasn't any thing like it was so i'm just like i would go to people's houses and just like here like such the ultimate i was such the ultimate scratcher you know what i'm saying it's like i was just like the the epitome of of scratcher at the time you know when did that flip when did you begin to was there a time when you remember it clicked and you said okay hey i want to take this to a more professional level there's there's better equipment there's you know i want to do it a different way well, one, once again, like I, that was all was the only tattoo world I know was like was that that little like homemade machine, and uh, I tattooed for ten years uh, before I even got into a studio. So I obviously knew that there was um, that the tattoo industry, but at the time, then I when I when I was on introduced to the to this art form, it was predominantly a biker uh, ran uh, business, you know. So, you know, they was at the back, back in the day, they wasn't trying to hear it. You know what I mean? I had the door slammed on my face many times. And, you know, back then it was a little more raw. They'll tell you to get the F out of the shop and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That type of thing. It was just, it was, it was, but I was still like excited by it. It, it brought excitement and joy in my life. Tattoo, I mean, the art of tattooing and I didn't even know it. And it was just like, I was just always happy when I tattooed and, um, I uh, I just tried to get my my feet in the door, and I I uh, I, I was trying to get my feet in the door, man, and, and what it wasn't happening, so I kind of existed uh, on my own. I just you know scratch whoever wanted to get tattooed, I just kind of figured it out, you know what I mean. Yeah. People would bring me envelopes or handkerchiefs from the joint, and I want this done and that done. I'm like that. Introduction to tattooing art was all of the prison art, and that's the reason um, I fell in love with it. It's just the stories behind it and passion. It's mainly the passion because most of that prison art is done like it takes time. You know, somebody sat there and just took however long, however slow they were, or whatever, just days, weeks. I don't know. And it's like in each piece, in each image, it, it tells such a such a um, beautiful story. And I fell in love with that Chicano art at that time in my formidable years when I was, before I learned about anything to do with mainstream tattooing, I was in love with the, the prison art and, and, and the, the homie work as, as what people refer to it now. And um, so I didn't know any better. And then with the help of like uh, with teenage magazines and, you know, just that, I don't know, it was just such a beautiful, beautiful uh, raw art form even then, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, that was my introduction. And then later on, only it was, you know, decade later that I actually got into a shop and then I, then I um, did everything proper, went to an apprenticeship. And like um, then I learned about tattooing from uh, the way you're supposed to. I just paid, you know, paid my dues. Mm -hmm. What were what were your influences when you 
like what was going on at the time in the magazines and, and who were the, the big tattooers that, that first kind of impacted you when you went through that apprenticeship? Well, um, I was, I was, uh, knowledgeable about all of the, the history of tattooing through every magazine I could find, anything mm -hmm. I could find dealing with tattooing. And back then it was a lot of biker magazines, uh, you know, but they were informative and then when the tattoo magazines started coming like onto the scene, like I, I collected those. And like I said, I, I used them as my, you know what I mean? I used them as my reference, but in having those magazines, I'd only have like three or four at a time. And then I'd read them back, back, you know, front to back, read every single page, every article. And like, then I just learned about my history of like my, the pioneers and, mm -hmm. I just, I educated myself on the history of tattooing all by myself. I, I read everything I could find. I was just fascinated by it. So, and doing and doing that and becoming knowledgeable of all that, it was years later uh, that allowed me to appreciate the whole, the to my history of tattooing. And it also was an integral part of how much, how, how, how I respect the industry. Mm -hmm. um, just reading from my, 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 uh, the forefathers or the pioneers of this industry back in the days, I thought everybody was supposed to have to draw your own flash and have your own shop with all your flash on the walls, like back in the day. And so that was my introduction. And that's where the flash comes in later because, because I thought we were all supposed to do this. You know what I mean? I thought we were all supposed to give back, not just take, take, take the way kind of the stat quo is now is to take, take, take. And, and, not to give anything back and that's kind of like we're doing to the earth you know what i mean we're not replenishing trees or just not even contributing back like uh i don't think you even counted unless you contributed back mm -hmm. unless you contribute back to the industry for the growth of it and the evolution of it and uh not just pimp it out so to speak but to actually plant some trees and, and plant your own tree of, of you know make your mark in it you know what i mean just yeah. like sign the wall and just be like listen like uh, I, I play, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I you bring up part of it. You bring up two things that, uh, that I do want to talk about. And that's the flash man, because your book that, that 250 page or 200 page, however many page it was book yeah. of flash book. sheets. It kind of came at a, at a time when, I mean, it was one of those first that impacted me where it was like all of your art, but it was like street shop selling stuff, you know, I mean, right, it was lettering, right, right. it was like, you know, I worked in a shop in Vallejo, California, and it was, I mean, we, we lived off that stuff. It was wonderful because people would come in and they said, yeah, I want this or that. And, you know, you could say, hey, take a look at this book. You got to find something in there that you like. And I mean, it was amazing to see uh, that turn into what has become like an industry of, you know, people put out books after that, all the Spider Murphy got, you know, those books, you know, it was, yeah, you noticed that, huh? man, it yeah. was like every, you know, people started, uh, doing that, you know, the Smith street guys put out those, you know, collections of flash and those re yeah. you know, the revisited book and stuff. And it, I think it was, it came at a time where flash, that book of yours, man, might've been one of those last books where it was not only artwork, but which flash has become, but it was, it was a tool for the trade of tattooing as well because you could sell it. You know what I mean? You could sell it and you could you could use it in a street shop to make money. And yeah, it was practical. It was practical. It was tattoo friendly. It was mm -hmm. like I remember being able to bang out like at the time. This was just like an average good thing to be able to do 
say a $250, $300 tattoo in 45 minutes rather oh, yeah. than rather than uh, spending the same budget, getting the same budget for a color piece for taking you seven hours. Right, right. You know what I mean? Because you, you're going to want to completely saturate the skin and color it. It's just like I mean, obviously now it's 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 uh, obviously progressed and every mm. up, everything is up to par as far as speed and everything. But at the time, to do one of those full color joints, yeah, it was, it was time consuming. Totally. Did you think about that when you were drawing the flash, or is that something that just came from your style of drawing, making it real efficient? You know, efficient to to put the shading in these spots to make it pop or. Uh, you can definitely leave some shading out of this area. Um, was it something you thought about making it user-friendly in that way, or did it just kind yes. of come with that style? Well, it was because of my introduction to tattooing in general. I told you the the, the hardcore, like the, the, the essence of my art is is that street shit, street stuff, uh, prisons. Yeah. I mean, influenced homie work, gangster stuff, like lettering, like the whole iconic Chicano imagery it just you just see reoccurring in my art over the years that was my that my first love and what the flash did it was it was all the all the homies that came then that found out that I worked at a studio that wanted the homie work but wanted me to use the professional guns so and the people that I I apprenticed under they were actually they were they were they were absolutely against uh what I was doing because of, they were trying to uh, brainwash me out of my scratcher ways. <laughs> so they had no idea that this that style would become so popular. And, and I told them, I'm like, listen, this is what I like to do. But I don't really, when I'm sitting and drawing on my own personal time, uh, the things that I want to draw is what I'm passionate about. And this is what I choose to draw. And then um, there was an instant uh, uh, interest in it from, from, from tattooers, you know, the collect collectors and, uh, People were just asking me to do do my thing, you know, and and I ran the gauntlet of all the styles, and even in my books, in the early books, I did color, I did Asian stuff, I did any anything. I used flash as a tool, uh, as a study tool for me. Any any style of tattooing, any genre that, that came out that was hot, I would uh, I would immediately do a five sheet, ten sheet set of flash and employ. Every all the little uh, things that made that style dope in in these uh, sets of flash. So I'd have five images on a sheet times five, ten, ten pages, and, and by the time I finished the set, I was able to like do when negative space was coming through. I was able to like <laughs> practice that. I was able to, you know what I mean? I was actually able. I was actually studying. I was I was teach. I was educating myself. I was teaching myself the aesthetics of a tattoo design. Um, you know, all of these things that you learn um, over, like, this muscle memory, just doing it over and over and over. And, uh, but out of necessity, out of out of being able to create a design that I could bang out and, and as far as tattoo-friendly flash that, that we could, you could make money off of, that was my goal. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like uh, the big, I wasn't looking at the bigger picture. I just was, my creative spirit wanted to be heard. And I wanted, I was, I think, one of the biggest fans of Chicano art to this day, even though I didn't invent the style at, and I never claimed to have, even when people would accuse me of claiming that, I've never claimed that because I just happened to be the biggest fan of it, you know? So, and there wasn't, at the time, there wasn't a, a lot of it, so I had to create it. 
Yeah. So I wanted to see so much of that that style of art, and it was, just simply wasn't out there. It was just, there was no uh, transition. There was no like uh, buffer or whatever between where from the streets to the garages or the penitentiaries to to the mainstream. Mm -hmm. And I think from the streets with love, I kind of commercialized that where. I take the brunt of the blow and I go ahead of everybody and be ridiculed for it. And, and I'll, I'll just take the licks for it and all the negativity that came with it. And, you know, and all the frowns and the look, look down upon and all of that. Um, I just, I just ate it up. I swallowed it. It just, you know, just rolled off my shoulders, but I, I knew I was onto something because I, I liked it. I, I, I didn't really care what anybody else thought or, or did because at the end of the day, if anybody wanted to um, to uh, have any input in that, on the way that that style was documented, they could merely have done their own book. They could have done it too. <laughs> right. So they didn't do the. They, if you don't want to do the work, then you don't really have a right to say anything. Do something about it, rather than judging me for how I try to document this beautiful art form. It's cool that you, when when you were kind of coming up and, and through that time when you were developing those, um, you know, those flash sheets and you had, uh, those other styles of tattooing that you kept seeing that were hot and you would, you would do flash sheets of those as well. And what you said, it was, it taught you the, you took the great, you know, the things that worked in those particular styles and you added them into your work. And I think now, that's the, that's the that's the history and the hard work that you've put in that allows you to post up on Instagram uh, a picture of a full two sleeves and front torso that you that you're doing over a handful of days and you know how to do that because you can draw that very efficiently and and work efficiently and um, you've put that time in with design and and it's yes. really cool man it's really cool that you that you're not closed off to other particular styles even though they don't maybe resonate with you as much you're going to find what's good in them by doing it right right what, what i what i recommend to artists even even to this day that wants to that want to educate themselves they want they want um the problem i don't say the problem but a problem that the, the new um the generation uh, you know I, i've heard them referred to as the rotary generation but <laughs> <laughs> I, I call them the rotary generation like and that just like umbrellas everybody that I'm, I'm referring to and it's like people want to be instant instant fame like instant instantly popular touch they want to be one of the you know what i mean everybody loves that feeling to be popular and everybody wants to um be the hot new thing and everybody wants to get dope overnight and, and i always tell people that it's a lifelong thing. It's like a drop in the bucket. Like it's like a bucket, and it's like each day that you live, and each piece of art you do that day, each tattoo, each 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 uh, flash piece you draw, or even book. There are just merely drops, mm. and over time, you know what I mean. You keep putting drops in the bucket; they will fill up. But it takes years, man, years and years and years. And even then, it's like I mean, you can get instant, you know, like instant fame and get get popular overnight but it'll be shallow it's like when people start like unlayering your stuff and like like opening up the books to see what you're really about it's shallow it's just like oh you got popular on instagram because so you know what i mean but sure 
What's, what's, the big question is, what is your contribution to the industry? What have you done besides take from it? And when, I just like to measure my, my um, where I'm at on, on that. What have I done that contributed? You know, like, like, the, like the gentleman's script guy. That was, I look at it now and it's, it's whack. It's, you know, but at the time, there wasn't nothing like it. And uh, I was just like, all I wanted to do was help. You know what I mean? If I could make a few dollars out of, of, you know, my for my time and troubles, that's cool. But I just really, at the end of the day, wanted to wanted to help the industry, uh, because because I was learning, uh, I was in love with lettering, and I wanted to um, share what I knew, even if it wasn't much. I still wanted to share it. So, and that's the way my mentality has been since day one to to take what I've learned and like pass it out to the rest of the class. You know what I mean? And share. Sure. Shared knowledge. Yeah, it's good, man. It's good. You know, one of the other things that you mentioned earlier and, you know, as you're being able to travel uh, worldwide, uh, doing, uh, placing these tattoos on people and, and doing your work and, and you're exploring this world, um, you made a mention that we're not taking care of the world. Do you see that as a global kind of culture that, that people are are not as as eco-minded as they should be? Is that something you think about as you're, as you're taking in uh, the world in your travels? Yeah, yes, uh, because I, I think for my children's future, but it's, it's not just the, it's also the earth, but it's also, it's also our industry. You know what I mean? And I, I use that analogy as that because that's the best way I can describe it of how detrimental it is to, to, the, to the whole, to the whole, um, Earth to the whole Earth and through the whole our whole industry. Yeah, on a global on a global scale is what I'm saying. It's like um, I actually methodically broke down the whole planet and and each section of the world their convention circuits. So in 2012, I went around the world completely uh, f five different times, and in these times, I started establishing myself in certain parts of the world, and. Um, so I would go, when it was winter here, I would go down to Australia, New Zealand, and, and hit their convention circuit, because it's summer. Then uh, I would go to the Asian, you know, the, the Asians, the Asian circuit is a little tricky and weird, but I've actually able to, uh, to infiltrate it and, and, and have a good working relationship with them. Um, uh, with Europe, obviously, that's a no-brainer. You know, Europe is just like the States. They're very open to, the, they're with it, you know what I mean? They're very savvy and very knowledgeable of who's who and what's what. So Europe is always good. Um, I just recently started going to the Middle East, which is kind of um, intense. And uh, I started going to, I think I'm the only person who to start to go to Dubai and, and tattoo. I'm starting going to Dubai and tattoo. And um, so- How was that, Greece man? And Cyprus. Talk it was about scary. It was scary. How did you decide to get over, go over there, and make that part of your part of your traveling, and and talk about the experience about being there? Well, when I did my round the world trips, uh, if you're coming from Australia or if you're coming from Asia, um, I've I've learned how to travel the world rather inexpensively, but you also have to be uh, willing to fly like vanilla air or, or aerofly like you have to like you'll get a cheap ticket but you may have to go to turkey then to moscow then to the middle east and then you know what i mean it bounce around and then to your final destination 
And that's, I'm cool with that because, uh, but coming through the Middle East all the time, I'm just like, man, the culture is so, it's it's completely different. It's it's definitely, they make, make examples of the Western world, but there's still people there that are, are, are have a broader, like, uh, like, I don't know, mentality of the world and more welcoming of Western culture. So there's people over there with lots, lots of money and they're willing to, to make it happen. And, and I just happened to tap into a couple of people that, that were, that were, uh, one, they, you know what I mean? They were, that they were living in Dubai that had been getting work. So it was, I think it was just natural that I got, um, I got uh, asked to go over there. So I jumped on it and yeah. then it, I don't know. Dubai is crazy because it's, everything is so strict and, uh, I don't know. It was just intense the whole way. Like I didn't want to be the first one to get locked up for tattooing in Dubai. You know what I mean? So I had to. Like, was that a real? Was I'll, that a real um, threat to? That? Yes. Yes, like definite, definite. Uh, they don't play over there. Like any public displays of affection, holding hands. Like they're just. I mean, it's it's once you go to Dubai, it's not as once you pass the border and you're in, then you're kind of on your own. But they're very. That's the future over there, man. They're on top of their game. Like, you know, when you go to the airport, it's all red scan. It's all like they know they know where you're at. You know what I mean? They're kind of they're on top of their stuff, man. So I wanted to be I wanted the whole world to, to I wanted to feel what it's like to tattoo it in the whole planet. And so Dubai was one of those places and next is Moscow and Rio de Janeiro. And that's that's my next two play countries that I'm yet to establish that they're on my list this year man is is there some place that's on a on a bucket list that you think man it's you haven't you haven't gotten there yet it's probably not on the next few years of of traveling but you said hey someday i'm gonna get to here well uh, most places in the world i've already hit obviously i didn't do what like loud tuttle did and tattooing like seven continents but <laughs> wherever there because i also have to be practical like i'm actually not only am I actually going to go tattoo that, I'm actually trying to go try and get 10 or 15 stacks yeah. <laughs> on top. Right. Actually, practically, I mean, of practical hustling, that's what I'm trying to say. I had to make it work, and um, it's not really vacation. It's I'm actually out there to try to get it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is it is a business, you know, for you, and, and, and you're... I think that's what's lost, too. Some people just see, you know, they see the... the uh, the nice coconut drinks being, you know, with umbrellas being held up and they see the, the great food and, and they think oh, yeah, that's yeah. all you're doing. You know, they don't see that 10 hours of tattooing or that, you know, um, two straight days of tattooing that you were hunched over, you know, right, a, a makeshift right, right, station, right, right. you know? So. Right, right, right. Um, I actually have to accept, embrace where I'm at. Oh. I have to live within the moment. So, if I have to get my, um, if I have to get on a plane and, and travel 20 hours um, to tattoo, be held up somewhere, even if it's a mansion or whatever, you're yeah. still sitting down, like you, just like you described, you're still sitting there in your own mind and, you, and you're trying to focus and, you, and, you, and you're making do with the, the conditions and, and you're uh, trying to adapt. At the same time, um, be a, let your creative spirit scream to, to, to do your world-class art what they've flown you over for and like performed 
and give them that larger than life view and like you just make them especially if they drop in 10,000 15,000 20,000 on a tattoo mm -hmm. I just have to be that uh they don't want uh, average they want exceptional they want over the top they want to they want to they want bookstar you know what I mean and like I, I give it to them mm -hmm. and 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 doing so my creative spirit doesn't even know that it's you know what I mean all they want to do is just great and it's like oh book where you got us today what are we in dubai we eating like you know what i mean yep. like like michelin star food like we shit i i get in a good mood like I, next thing you know when it's time to perform like i just ate it you know what i mean i just ate a three thousand dollar dinner and and you know what i mean these things and i'm just like i'm ready to work and i'm ready to you know it's it's nice to be appreciated and and when it's, I mean, that's not important, but it's, it it is nice. It's one of the perks of mm -hmm. being out there like that. And and um, so all I, I all I'm using an example of it is how I get my creative spirit, and my creative process, and like I'm inspired, and uh, I'm inspired by my surroundings. And um, it don't you know what I mean? It don't have to be opulent or extravagant stuff. Like I was just here recently in Switzerland in the chalet and, and snowed in, and I also got in, in inspiration from that you know what i mean like um i just find uh, that's what i'm after when i travel the world is, is inspiration yeah and and i'm i'm after artistic enlightenment and um i think uh i i, what I have going is the best or closest thing to that what was the last meal that inspired you um hmm Obviously, everybody knows I'm a Benihana fanatic, so I'm always at Benihana's. But um, I think, um, man, this, let me think, let me think. Okay, in Switzerland, they have these big, uh, these big barrels of cheese, and then they hollow out a little bowl, and they bring, like, risotto out, and then, like, they shave the cheese off of the thing. And that was, like, definitely not a healthy meal but <clears throat> what it did is like i'm eating it and i'm like a tear on my eye it was so good like i was just like man this is the so bomb and i'm just like wait a minute i'm out here it's like damn i'm in switzerland i'm up in the alps i'm over here eating like the risotto out of the cheese type thing and i'm just like so i'm just like man that really made me i went back to the chalet, chalet however you pronounce it and i did a sleeve and it just was just like it put me in the zone so um everything all my creative stimulus is is uh affects my tattooing whether it's negative or positive you know so i over the years i found find out how to how to strain it to, to take out the negativity like if i'm doing like uh, a female I don't want her boyfriend standing over me, looking over my shoulder, making me feel some type like you know what I mean. Like I just like man, I need to. I'm really trying to um, create some beautiful art here. I don't need anybody's negative energy around me. Uh -huh. So that's one of the reasons that I love tattooing in a in a like nice hotel. Where I can order my room service. I can I give my client my undivided attention. And uh, nobody's around that I don't need to be around. If they're not getting tatted, if they're not, then let me let me do my thing. Let the customer have me like all all to themselves. And if they want somebody in there, they can bring somebody. But I just don't want any negativity. Uh, that I don't want anybody's negative energy uh, introduced to my tattoo session. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying?
Yeah. So. Yeah. You got to be upfront with that, with that too, you know, like you said, and, and you have to create that in that environment, you know, you're putting yourself in predictable situations when, you know, you're, you're putting yourself in a hotel room and you have those rules like, Hey, I want to keep this positive. This is a creative process. And, um, I've just been inspired by, you know, this shit I'm ready to go, you know? And yeah. So it's, you know, you talked about another, uh, meal where, you were paid some respects by uh, some gentlemen in the room and they ordered you a dish. I, this happened a while back on Instagram, but talk about that. Do you know oh, what's wrong? Oh man, that was amazing. Fam. T- tell was, me uh, about that, dude. That, that was an interesting story to read and, and hear on Instagram, but I, I wanted to get the full, the full scoop on it. Well, I had uh, came from around the world trip and then I had came from Australia and then I went to, um, Berlin, and then I went to Amsterdam, my usual spots, and then um, I was uh, I had I needed to decompress from these world trips, so I went to Rome just to eat. I was about to see uh, my lady and um, before her birthday, and like I had uh, so I just needed to, to to decompress. I needed to go somewhere where I could actually not. Tattoo. I just wanted to. Oh, I did still tattoo, but I wanted just to eat some Michelin star food, to uh, to just let my mind uh, switch back into into um, to just normal mode. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just like leave the world behind and just let it, let let. So I went to Rome and uh, I stayed at this really really super like nice hotel, um, and uh, it was like I was you know I was by myself and so I. Um, the hotel I was at, it was right near the Coliseum, and then I had lunch the next day, so I went up into like the uh, the, the the restaurant on top, of, and it was super nice. And I was the only one in there, so and it was like it seated hundreds of people, and everything. It was super super elegant, and then all of a sudden, uh, a table of Russians came in. So I, I deal with a lot of bad people, so I I know um, I know the whole setup. It was just like I got the movies. So I was like, man, when I got there, they all sat seated and I, and I seen their, their, their tradition and then I already knew what it was. I seen how the, uh, what it was. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like I felt bad, but I was at the same time, I was just eating my, eating my lunch. And, um, they, they were basically like having like a meeting of some sort, you know, it was like mm-hmm. the Russian mobcats. And, um, there was a couple of the guys that kept staring at me like they didn't want me in any the, in the, they didn't want me even anywhere near the um in the restaurant like they had booked the place out and I was just like I felt the heat coming off of them I was like oh it's, it's time to go type thing you know <laughs> and uh so they see me minding my business and I'm over here eating and um so they they ordered like family style where they big big trays of like you know uh carbonara and all that and so after a while they were just, I could see them talking about me. I could see them just like, you know what I mean? Well, anyways, they just said, they just said, they just went on with their meeting and they went on with their, it was one of those two, three hour uh, lunches. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Sat down with the, with the, the they had the, the wine and all of the, the vodka and all that. And then after they started getting a little cheery and festive, um, I just got swooped up in the, in the magic, you know, in their, in their, lunch and they invited me and they they offered me you know what i mean basically eating out of their plate type thing and that was just that was just so cool and it was just like 
people won't believe me if I told them, you know, <laughs> before Instagram and before Facebook, I would come back with all these amazing stories and everybody was like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Well, so I'm just like, okay, okay. Now with Instagram, at least with that, with social media, it's like, oh, that he really was just there. Or he really was just mm-hmm. there. Or he really did do that. You know what I mean? So I was like, but that was a, uh, that was a really, really dope, um, Launch that I had and the, the experience was dope. Uh, just to be next to the lion's den like that, and 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 you know what I mean. Not really. I mean, I know how to act. I I, I taught, I've been tied to a lot of bad people for most of my life. Like I know how to act around serious dudes. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I do um, have learned up from traveling the world. The more that I travel the world, and the more that I see, and the more that I learn, I, I know just to keep my mouth shut. You know what I'm saying? But something like that, that was just cool. And I wanted to share with people. And um, like I said, some of the stuff that I do and see um, is unbelievable. It's crazy now that we can share it, right? Just like instantly, boom, everybody, all the 100,000 followers or however many followers or five followers that you have can now see that plate of carbonara in Rome that Boog's eating. Or yeah. you know whatever it's it's amazing the instant connectivity we have, right, right. Um, I used uh, everything is to. I, I like to pride myself on showing the whole world the whole world. So, and a lot of my clients around the world, like for for a day or two, however, whatever session they booked in with me, they get to live my life for you know what I mean for a moment, and then they're instantly connected to all my other people. So it's like it's a real it's a real, um, I love my client base and, um, I mean, I love my clientele. They've become a family, friends, close friends, you know, and if somebody, if you're on the other side of the world and somebody gives you that home feeling, then that's the type of people that you really kind of need to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Keep close to you and, and never let go. Yeah. You know Is that I mean? man that, you know, that brings up something in my, in my mind, the balance between family and being at home, or or a, or that's you know that spot where where you may have family and then creating that around the world is that something that the reason that you can kind of balance that uh it seems pretty well being home you have children you're about yes. to have another child like yes. and, and then traveling the world because you've made homes in these other places with these family and these friends that you tap that's that's exactly it like my uh reality now is um the whole planet, uh, the way some people get up and go to work or they have their little circle, they may go to, to, to the gym, then to work and then to whatever they do after work. Like that's their, that's their uh, reality. My reality is um, getting up, going to the airport, going to another country and get off the plane and, and start cracking with these tats. And then when I'm done, go eat like something new. And like, but I mean, that's, that's my, that's my job. You know what I mean? So it's like uh, I've kind of uh, uh, kind of it's all by design. It's all like from years and years and years of uh, uh, wanting it to be like this and actually manifesting my manifesting it from my daydreams of like because I used to tell I used to tell myself this, not just people. It's like, oh, man, all I do is travel the world and eat good and tattoo mobsters and, and, and models and all this. And then all of a sudden, like, after, over the years, like, I've actually, I really did it. Like, I really do it. And now I'm 
you know, I've been doing it. And it's like, um, you know, one of the things where I've been slighted by the industry from the, the rampant bootleggers of, of, you know what I mean, late 90s, early 2000s, that the bootleggers just almost killed my, my, my passion. They, they, I wouldn't let them succeed. I, I, uh, uh, I used to make such a good living from Flash and, and there was still honor amongst thieves, you know what I mean, uh, within our industry. Um, and that's what I like because, we, you know, we're obviously pirates anyways at the core. Uh, but like there was a little bit of honor amongst thieves, you know what I mean? There was well, a little bit. You know, it's it's crazy, man, because that stuff's been happening for for a long time. You know, I heard a story about uh, we all know Cherry Creek Flash, and I I exactly I knew Rand Johnson. I mean, he was uh, I, I tattooed in Minnesota, and he was he grew up in a and had Cherry Creek Flash in a little town called Wilmer, Minnesota, and it was about I grew up thirty minutes from there in a tiny town called Bruton, 600 population, you know? Oh, nice. And uh, um, he said that he would send his flash over to a contact in whatever convention it was, whether it was London or whether it was another one in Europe. And he had connections all over these places. And um, he was selling, selling, selling flash, but he wasn't, you know, people were bootlegging it so hard that he felt even then like, man, I, how can I, you know, it's so popular. I know I'm selling this stuff, but how can it not be? I'm not getting all my money. You know what I mean? It's like right. people are bootlegging right. like crazy. And, um, I mean, I've had my DVDs. I have a couple DVDs, one on painting flash, uh, how to spit shade, that kind of stuff. And that's been bootlegged from the get, you know, in 2009, when I dropped that, like I was, I was having to manage the bootlegging of that. You know, when, when that stuff was happening to you, man, and you were like, frustrated about it and you say you almost lost your passion for it talk about that time and how you kind of pulled through that well uh, i had i had dedicated a large part of my life thousands and thousands and thousands of hours to to my brand through to the book brand to the clown the pit bulls like i actually worked it out on paper before i actually started like bringing it to the world as heavy as i did um the reason, the whole being reason I even got to that fanatical level of, of drawing uh, or uh, just the work ethic, it was out of uh, depression. I had lost my grandmother at a, at a time and my, I had a son that was born and I just became a recluse. I didn't really want to mess with nobody. I didn't want to be bothered by nobody. I just wanted to be in my studio, in my own head, capturing these beautiful images and trying to put them down on paper. and. And all of that flash, the prolificity of being pro so prolific was out of my uh, yearning for for knowledge. It was yearning for to be better, to be better tattooist. And then through serendipity, uh, the inspiration that I give to people and 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 the um, you know just giving sharing my artwork to the people that love it, uh, I just um, that was a that was a beautiful uh, plus is to be able to inspire people and, and for, for people to, to, to have dedicated, dedicated uh, supporters that love my, my movement and love my, what I stand for and my, you know, so it's for those people that, that I, I stay in love with tattooing and you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's, um, uh, but at the time my, my work ethic and everything came out of me, um, fighting depression and 
I was happy in my little bubble when I was creating art. I can't, I can't be, I couldn't be touched. I couldn't be hurt. Um, so when I looked up, I had amassed all of the, you know, all of this collection of drawings. And then um, when I had met Mickey Violetto back in 2003 in Berlin, my very first international convention, everything started from there. And he actually um, gave me advice and, and, and said he wanted to, to, to do a book that he had the vision also. He shared my vision with Chicano Art and for us, me and him, to sit down and discuss about uh, commercializing this. Well, actually, that was all my idea to commercialize it, but to, to package it and sell it to the whole world. Uh -huh. And that's what From the Streets with Love uh, was about. And, you know, the words he told me, what he whispered to me then um, have resonated through my life. And, he, you know, he, he kept good on his word. And... Um, uh, I wish I could have made a little more more bread out the book, but what he gave me was worth is way more valuable than than, than money could ever buy. It, you know, he gave me freedom, uh, or he helped me. My hard work gave myself the freedom. He helped me, mm -hmm. so I owe him uh, definitely a debt of gratitude and a, and a thank you for for uh, helping me like uh, give myself to the world, basically. Hey everybody, remember to check out Kingpin Tattoo Supply for your next order. Any tattoo shop supplies, including needles, you can get super liner needles, round liners, bug pin mags, which I've been using and I really like, round magnum shaders, extra tight liners for you fine line freaks, the best quality needles at the best price, used by some of the best in the industry. Make sure to check out everything that Kingpin has to offer at kingpintattoosupply.com or you can call them at 888-299-5675. Kingpin Tattoo Supply for the artist since 1996. Well, I hope you're enjoying my talk with Boog. It definitely was an interesting talk for me. I really enjoyed it. A lot of insight, a lot of inspiration. So continue to enjoy. This is the rest of my talk with artist Boog. It's cool. You know, it's cool when you were able to connect with guys like that. You obviously had a connection with uh, him, and and you both were inspired by each other. And those combined forces, man, can really impact a project or a, or an idea. You know, getting two heads on it as opposed to just one uh, and a, a different perspective, man. It, it really takes that passion and and those those things that you're striving to do and I think it pushes it that to that next level which I think that book was I mean I think it was something you know you had uh man it was another guy who comes to mind that did a similar book like that is Phil Sims, and that was another cat that is to this day continuing to produce beautiful paintings and and flash uh artwork and I mean, it's it's really cool to see, man. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful thing to see that you've continued through that kind of pursuit of peace through art, you know, and you've moved right. into this uh, this where you're living your dreams. Right, right, right. I actually uh, the best way I can describe it with the with the planet right now is is I am Neo in the Matrix, man. I, literally, whatever my mind conjures up, wherever I want to be in this world, wherever I want, whatever I want to be eating, I just put my mind, I just send out the energy and, and it happens, fam. Like, mm -hmm. if I want to be in Tokyo tomorrow, my process is I'll send an email 
and the flight, my email will, will return with, with a ticket, itinerary, and uh, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So right. I'm just like, it's that easy for me now. It's, it's simply just a, a nod, like, what's up? Like, yeah, ready for me? And then and it's like, bloop, bloop, bloop. It just all falls like dominoes at this point. Right. But, you know, the process was long. But now, now that it's like that, it's like uh, there's times where my biggest dilemma of the day is where do I want to be in the world? You know what I mean? It's like, if I'm already out in the world and it's like these guys over here, like, oh, we got like 20, 20 grand between the three of us or uh, for like two or three days work. And you know what I mean? I'll hop to the other side of the world to go get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll go get it. Like, it's not going to, you know what I mean? So a lot of people can't move like that. So I've took away like the fear of, of all of that. And like failure is not an option. Like nothing's gonna stop me from bringing home bacon to my kids. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So um, I have a setup, and I and I get really really bored real easy with a place just because everywhere I go, it's like oh I want to live here, but then after like three or four days later, like mm, I want to go to Tokyo, <laughs> or I want to go to Paris, or you know what I'm saying? So uh-huh. it's like and then and if merely have to just send out an email and be booked or or post on Instagram and have. 20, 30 tattoos anywhere I go, then, I mean, I'm, I'm, you can imagine that that power is like, it's like, oh man, it's, it feels amazing. It's almost know. like an exemplified version or, or an expanded version of what you did when you locked yourself in your room and you pursued artwork, you know, but now you're, you're locking yourself around the world, you know, your world's yeah. that room. And, and inspiration is outside there. It's not just in your head anymore. You know, you, you, you're going to get it and then put it down. And it's, a, it's almost the same, man. It's a pursuit of peace through, through art, you know? It's funny that you t- touch on that because that's the premise of my new book. The first book was called From the, From the Streets with Love when I was actually re- really in the streets, but I was really, like, I didn't have no clue of what the world was and anything in it. I wanted to go, had the wanderlust at an early age, but I, I never got to travel abroad. And um, so all of these, all that whole book was just me in my head, just me as a person. Like, if you want to know about book or if anybody cares to know, uh, they merely just have to look at From the Streets of Love. I'll pour my heart out into, into that book. Like, all the little broken-hearted teddy bears, that's me. All the, you know what I mean? All the yeah. things that happened to me in my life, it's merely it's right there in black and white. And, like, I, I, um, I know about being the, the you know king of heartbreaks i know about all of that so you know when you see it in the art the reason it feels so real is because it's me it's my blood sweat and tears uh-huh. and it's me like not being um uh, afraid to be critiqued because you know when you start putting out flash and stuff people that are not qualified are going to critique it <laughs> and it hurts your feelings i don't care what's in it i know it doesn't but it you know it, it kind of just like dang man like it, it you start you know what I mean questioning yourself and all this and you, and you can't let it because you can't make everybody happy mm-hmm. it's, it's not gonna happen you know what I mean there's gonna be people that love you just there, there, there's gonna be people that hate you just because of the way everybody else loves you right and that, I feel that a lot like I hear this and that I'm like you never even met me you don't know me you don't know nothing about me. Like I'm just, just understand that there's nothing that's gonna stop me from feeding my Lily and my my my, my children. Nothing's gonna stop me from feeding them. So, yeah. you know what I mean? If you're hating on me, you just hate, you're just practicing. 
you're hating on the wrong person because I don't mm -hmm. care. You know what I mean? I'm still going to get the mission complete. I'm still going to go out and get the money for my loved ones and come back. So mm -hmm. the best thing to do is sit back and enjoy it and, and root for one of us. Somebody root for us. You know what I mean? Like somebody got to do it. Yeah, yeah, man, that's uh, it's amazing. You know, I, I really, it's exciting for me to see, you know, you doing that, and now to hear the story about how you used to daydream about it, and you've put the practical work in, and um, you know, those projects, those meetings that you had with Mickey, and then those projects that were talked about, they don't come without work, you know, and that's a thing right. that a lot of people get. Um, and I, it's kind of like what we talked about before. A lot of people get hung up on it. They, they, and I, and I've done this myself, you know, as an, as an artist, you know, you have these grand ideas, but there's practical work that takes to get them to come to fruition and you get caught up on the daydream as opposed to the work that's involved in getting the, the thing done. Um, how do you stay, uh, practically towards your goal, man, and, and not get caught up in that daydream? Um, uh, the, the, the tattoo, the tattoo industry is, um, it's always evolving and morphing into something else. And, and what was cool this, this fall or this, this season is not cool. Next season There's always, uh, the hot news, hot shots coming in. There's always somebody with a fresh twist and, you know, to, to always try to be that person that's with the wow, like, oh my God, he's, you know, um, that is something that you have to um, you have to really really want because if you don't, it's easy to get complacent and get swallowed up in your in your laziness or your content. Um, you you uh, you won't progress anymore, or you won't. You, it's so easy, like we talked about. It's so easy for us to be cynical and to step back and, and be grumpy old tattooists and, and let you know let everybody. Uh, we still have to be like, no, I'm still here. Uh, this is what I do. Uh, you know, like I'm the one you sh I'm. I want to do your tattoo. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Or, or now, better yet, is like this is what I do, um, and this is what I what I stand for. This is my life, and I really live this. And so they're like, yes, I want you to do my work. Uh -huh. I want you to be the my the one that put me realize my uh, tattoo dreams type of thing. You know, mm -hmm. so you still have to do that. Yeah, yeah. Do Do you write your goals down? Um, I used to, I used to have short term goals and I honestly, um, and not to sound arrogant at all or anything, but I lived my, I've been living my dream for some time now. Yeah. And for people that don't, um, uh, nobody can, can contest that. It's difficult to quantify it. You just know, I, cause I, cause I have, I am, right. you know, and as tattooing goes, um, there's many, many things for me to be uh, grumpy about and to be sad about, but there's way more that that like I'm actually like I wake up I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe this is my life uh -huh. you know what I mean do I you... can't believe that I get to do all of the things that I do. Uh -huh. Do you think I mean you've said it you've said it just a few minutes ago that you know you get bored real easy and not that traveling the world. Uh, it is is boring by any stretch of the imagination. But once you've done it, you know, 15, 20 times and you've seen a lot of new sp spots, do you think that you're going to get bored of, of that routine, the, your nine to five of, of traveling the world? 
Um, I've I've gotten tired in a sense of like physical exhaustion, uh -huh. or just like just just like the the the, the you know grueling plane rides and the customs and like you know that how tense it gets when you go through any customs and that whole process. Some days I will get up knowing I have to go to the other side of the world, and then I'll like in my head I'll run it through. I run the place through my whole in my head the whole way from the cab ride to the airport going through like check-in uh, the gates uh going going to the plane ride getting off customs getting scooped up going to eat then going to tattoo then how much i could possibly make i run it through the, my whole head and then i'm just like man i don't really even need to do it i've already went through it in my head and like then you just gotta you know you gotta execute it mm -hmm. so but at the end of the day um uh, my I committed to my my worldwide clientele, and uh, and I don't see it. I don't see it because uh, there's people out there really, really, really means the world to them to get a book tattoo, mm -hmm. and knowing that they could get thousands of other tattooists to do it, that they want to spend their hard-earned money uh, on my brand, on my skills, and put their put their faith in me. I I have an obligation to to. to 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 respect that mm -hmm. and, and to do my part and um if they're willing to pay for my inconvenience to travel to them <laughs> then and and they're really really you know i'm with it uh -huh. i'm with it i'll do what it takes if you know what i mean i'll do mm -hmm. what it takes to make it happen what's the word what's the thing you hate it worst about traveling like the and what what part of it is it the customs is it uh, and how um, and how shitty is that like around the world not just hey I'm going into some of these major spots but like going into Dubai or going into Moscow with 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 I don't like shit. I don't like um I don't like I don't like the SA but I'm glad that they're there I I don't like uh I don't like custom agents anywhere in the world I mean I do but they just you know they have the power to ruin your day. They have the they have the power to like access to their country, you know, and it's like I just don't like the uh, that I have to feel so tense, you know. Even when mm -hmm. you don't do nothing wrong, you still got to be serious and like like I always just dress nice and and dress like a man and, and you know and just go through there and like just be just know that I'm not here to here to I'm not here to play, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I'm here for a reason. They ask me. I don't tell them like I don't like I don't um, divulge information. I'm a tattooer. I just I'm an author. They ask me, oh really? I was like, yeah, right. And so then they start they ask me title of my books. I start rattling them off, and then it changes the story. You know, it cha I mean, it changes the whole thing the way they look at you and everything to be an author rather huh. than just say I'm a tattoo artist. Even though, I mean, just don't want to just go through any custom saying you're a tattoo artist because they're naturally going to know that you're there to work mm -hmm. and you know what i mean unspoken you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to uh have access to any funds of any nation really sure. without the proper but that's just, for tattooists uh that's become our you know what i mean that's mm -hmm. how we eat so <laughs> right it's it's interesting that it's one of the remaining jobs or trades or um, things that you can do that you can drop into any city anywhere in the world and in a matter of you know probably an hour <laughs> if you yeah. were hustling or 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 less yeah. than that you can either have a meal have a place to stay and money in your pocket 
you know? Exactly. That's that's what I do. <laughs> that's what I do. I figured it out, and I figured it out, and um, didn't get mad at me if they want, but it's here for everybody. It's like if I have to be the one to go ahead of everybody to show them the show them way, then so be it, you know? Yeah. But as far as tattooing goes, uh, I do show what can be done if you really, really keep your nose to the grind and, and, um, and you, and you do it for the love, uh, and how much you put into this is, is definitely how much you can get out of it. You know what I mean? It's direct. It's directly related to how much you're going to get out of what you put into it. So I know this and, uh, that's why I do what I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know that um, at the end of me, when I when I pull a two or three day shift like I just did, had a, a young gentleman that came. He got two sleeves and he's starting to wants to do his back and like I don't know. I don't question nobody where they get their money, but he hit a little lick and what we say in the streets. He hit a lick and had some change and he just wanted to give it all to me. So who am I to deny him? You know that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, How much has Instagram and social media changed uh, the way that you do business? Um. Well, now uh, people would always uh, clown me the way I posted and the way, like, everything that I did in my Instagram to make myself appealing to the big willies and everything, even with the, all the chicks I used to put up. Like, my lady now, she won't. I'm not allowed to, but... At one point, I just was tattooing a lot of beautiful women around the world, and my script on them or my tattoos, it looked good, you know, and I know that people pay attention to beautiful women, and then beautiful women with tattoos, like, that was going to get my work seen, so I used them as a, as a vessel to get more exposure. If I start tattooing beautiful women and, like, getting them blasted and showing them, trying to take tattooing to a level of high fashion, and... um you know what I mean? It's just mm -hmm. like, uh, it worked. So I started making my Instagram like reflective of what I, what, what I really do. Like I really am out here in, in the world. I'm in every country and yeah. I really am going to turn up at the, the best place to eat. Uh, back in the day, I used to be at the, I was always in the mix, always everywhere in the mix. And, uh, I'm just, a, um, I just want to be where it's popping. And where the tats are heavy, and, and then you know what I mean. I just uh -huh. that's where I want to be at. So I just have very expensive habits, you know. And like um, for me, if all I gotta do is tattoo, I'm gonna sign me up. You know what I mean? Because I would, at the end of the day, if the bottom fell out of it, I would do it for free. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna do it for free, but I would. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it looks like you know we talked about it before. Your family, and it looks like you got mad love for for your kids. Um, regardless if they're you know one of them, the little your little girls already starting businesses on Instagram. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What advice would you give them? Whether they want to be a plumber, whether they want to be an artist, whether they you know whatever they want to be, what advice would you give them in in their pursuit of that? Well, we always have this conversation, and I, I'm, I'm, I planted it in their head since, since they, since I noticed them paying attention to me. When I sat down and speak at a dinner table, they all eyes on me, and they, they pay attention to every word I say. Even when they don't listen to me, I know they, they heard me. Mm -hmm. And uh, my children are all just naturally assumed that they're going to be world famous also at whatever they do. And so I encourage that. I entice them not to. I just want them to uh, to overachieve, so that 
if there was a way for the world to open up to them the way it has to me, that's what I want to help them get to. And it's like, it's not even, it's not even about money or, or financial, um, um, status or anything like that. Obviously that's important. And that's, that also is, is push, but it's more about the freedom that I have. Mm-hmm. And that freedom is, is to basically travel the world for free eat for free do everything i do just because i love the tattoo yeah you know what i mean just because i just because i love tattooing so much and i've endured so much from this industry all the bullshit that i've endured that i just kept quiet and just took it and took it and took it it was like wait bug something's better something's gonna give something's gonna give and before i knew it it had already give and it was just me like uh having access to the whole planet the way I do. Well, because of that, because of that patience and persistence, man, you're, you're able to take advantage of all that. And, um, who's got the best, who's got the best mileage plan on the airlines, man. You know what? I used to try to keep up with all that. (laughs) Now, now I became such, uh, like, like a world traveler, but I've learned how to do it inexpensively. I've, I've been around the whole, around the world, for about, uh, this is no lie either, about uh, 1,500 pounds, maybe like 2,200 US, like a wow. complete, completely around the world planet. Before, you're like, oh, you want to go around the world, it's going to take $100,000 and you would need this, this, and this. And realistically, um, I've done it for like two grand US, mm-hmm. completely like three trips from Europe then to Europe, to Asia, from Asia back to the States with 50 racks in my pocket. You know what I mean? (laughs) And just like be done. By the time I'm done, it'll take me three weeks to a month to get my way around the planet. But then when I'm done, like it's worth it. Mm -hmm. What's it? You know, what would be that travel tip then you would give somebody, man? Because you know what? You made a, um, you know, we talked about the distinction between international travel and world travel. And if somebody, you know, you got talk from guys like uh big Mees, who was on the first show of season two of southern radio and he's doing more international travel uh as a, and not as many shows in the u.s let's say a guy like that who wants to just start taking advantage of a worldwide market what's the biggest travel tip what's a travel tip you would give him um for big Mees, i would say you know he's doing great keep doing what he's doing like I've, I've been doing this for many, many years. Yeah. Uh, he's chosen the right path. If uh, I mean, it's just really the way to handle. Um, if you really want to get that international love, uh, there's no point of being world famous if you're not actually going to these places and actually offering your services to them. And that exchange of 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 uh, knowing that they got you, like going to a place knowing you're good and uh, you're earning crazy, and you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. it's like. You can limit yourself to the amount of clients you get in your own respective geography to your own city. If you get, if you get, if like, oh man, there's no, you should never be waiting around for tats. <laughs> if never, ever be waiting around for tats. If you're waiting around for a tat, you're doing something wrong. You should, you should be always drawing flash, always painting, always trying to, uh, um, for me, I get the same artistic gratification of doing a flash design uh, as I do the actual tattoo. Hmm. Also, although I want to execute it as a tattoo, I also like 
to to sit down and draw that design. If I don't do it, somebody else will do it, or it, it will exist as a tattoo. Hopefully, mm -hmm. you know. Did your but, love um, Did your love of lettering come out of the out of that love of of that Chicano and street art as well? Is that where your, that initial thing came from, or how did you how did you develop that love of of uh you know and become the script killer? Well, <clears throat> I've also my script used to be horrible, <laughs> uh, but I, I you know and I've always back in the day when I was going to L.A. a lot, it was all the homies that had the the the, the nice handwriting that stayed busy. And I would always just like, it was so elusive to get a, like a nice lettering job. Mm -hmm. But then when I worked at the studio, I was at, nobody really liked to do lettering. And if you look at my early flash, my art has always been infused with lettering. Mm -hmm. And so when people would come in to get tatted, they were just like, ah, oh, lettering, give it to Bug. Ah, oh, give it to Bug. And so I'm just like, yeah, give it to Bug. <laughs> give it to Bug. So I, I, I just, you know, in any tattoo studio in the world, people don't realize how many lettering jobs you do. People always come in to get something, somebody in love with, or the baby was born, or somebody passed, uh -huh. or people got stuff to say. And uh, so when you realize how uh, how many opportunities you get to do lettering, and doing lettering is, is one of the most difficult because your line work has to be immaculate. Mm -hmm. So it just teaches you, like, you know, you have to, breathe and in in some of the less forgiving styles the the fine line stuff you know the big gaudy stuff is like i shied away from that more for you know people were doing it more for shock value and everything but there just wasn't any like finesse to it so now you take some fine line and there's no where to hide it's just mm -hmm. straight you know what i mean mm -hmm. so oh i know um, what you mean man i mean it's <laughs> i've been i've been doing you know, 20 years tattooing, I, I've done a lot of letters, you know, I started doing them out of the speedball book, you know, tra yeah, tracing them all did. the speedball book and, and went from there and then realized at some point, Hey, you know, people, people don't want just the same Edwardian script off of Microsoft word, or right. they, they okay. don't want that same speedball thing. You know, you can embellish it a little bit more. Um, I took a Dave Gibson lettering seminar. Like right. as soon as I realized, hey, I need some extra, you know, help or or I need to pursue this more. I took a right. Dave Gibson lettering seminar, and and that taught me a lot, man. It was it was from then that I just then started to develop, and and even now, man, talking to guys like yourself and talking to, um, you know, other seeing all the amazing lettering. Leo Famasino is an amazing lettering artist and, and does Polynesian work as well. He's been on the podcast. Um, you know, it makes me want to get better at lettering, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's now a beautiful art, art form in and of itself. Yes. And I, you know, I applaud everybody that's helped the lettering movement. Like, um, I was, one of the um i was gung-ho have been for years you know not now i don't consider myself a lettering guy uh, because it kind of just i don't want the label of just a, a facet of what i do sure i'm more of like two sleeves your leg sleeve half your body suit and your back piece type guy yeah. rather than you know what i mean and right infused with a lot of lettering but and that's what um, it is man i think it, it, it tattoos and and that style gets infused i mean any really any real style of tattooing gets infused with some sort of lettering you know and and it's it's one of those classic things that it can make or break a tattoo too you know you do a full sleeve and the lettering looks like shit well that whole sleeve is is tainted yeah. then 
you know, but, yeah, 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 but yeah. if things you can have the lettering that, that makes that sleeve flow better and it, it just enhances it because it's done proper and it's done well, well shit, you know, it's a, it's all the better then. I've, um, as far as the script killer goes, you know, that, that name was given to me in England a few years back. Um, I just, I really, really love lettering. I, I really do. And, um, uh, but I, I, um, I just was like more like a tattooist because when people were like, oh, you only do letters, this and that, I'm like, no, there's people that, there's tattooists that only do letters. Sure. And, and to this day, I mean, thankful that in this industry now that you can just go around the world mm -hmm. and do letters. You know, my boys do it all the time. But for me, I mean, only doing letters is, is uh, for me, my mind don't work like that. Like, I want to do a back piece. I want to do somebody's whole head and the, the leg. I want to tattoo body suits. That's what my mind is just on body suits of body suits. And of course, infuse a lot of lettering, but um, my much more complex as far as I need the, um, I don't know. I just need the whole, I just need the whole arm to tell my story. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And, and, um, and there's no disrespect to anybody that only does lettering. Cause I love that. But I'm just saying that for me, um, I, it's just like fighting in MMA and only like, only using your jujitsu <laughs> right you know what i mean or sure. only striking and like you need to be well-rounded as a tattooist and uh you need to be able to do your thing you mm -hmm. feel me like and my style is not perfect my style is not um like flawless but neither is the world the world is not a perfect place i don't i don't concern myself with like necessarily i'm, I'm more about raw originality and like creating something on the skin that you haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, now the stat quo is, is Photoshop and paint my number stencils. And there's no disrespect if you use it or whatever, but for me, there's no art artistic gratification in that. If you, all you're doing is trying to make a tattoo look like a picture you're looking at for, for me, I, that's, a, seems a little mundane. Mm -hmm. And so you like freehand. You like drawing things on as opposed to stenciling, or you kind of mix well, still. Well, I will. I, I will if I'm in a shop when I got a stencil, a diamond, or a portrait. Yeah, I will use it, of course. But I just think that uh, when you truly have your own thing, like I've got, uh, then it doesn't really matter at that point. All because all I have to do is essentially make my drawing look like my. I mean, my tattoos look like my drawings, flash prints, or whatever. They want that style. And that's the key is if you can have your own style to say that's distinctively uh, his style or distinctively Boog's style and people recognize it throughout the world, then, then you're getting somewhere. Um, now people that the Rotary generation, especially with the, 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 uh, the boom of hyper-realism hyper and Photoshop and all, I mean, not hyper-realism, it's like the stat quote is to be a hyper realist and to 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 do really really dope portraits colored black and gray mm -hmm. portrait style is to take it to that level but then you get to the point where a thousand tattooists could have could have done that same time you don't really know it's like it's hard to to distinguish certain styles out of the people that do hyper realism because it's like there's so many good people mm -hmm. and it's like uh there's, it's difficult to, to, to have your own thing out of that. You, all, you, all you can become is just a really great hyper-realist. But um, I just, 
pride myself on having my own own thing. I don't have to make my tattoos look like anybody else's. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you want the real pretty perfect stuff, then go to this person. If you want the the big hard body Japanese, go like you know what I mean. Right. People would do that, but for me, mine is more about originality and and telling a story and 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 trying to convey a certain feeling in in my art. You know what I mean? It's to mm -hmm. really tell make the person feel good about themselves at the end of the day we're here to please the cut client and um and just you know to do the best you can to execute their tattoo um the best you can and the only mm -hmm. person you have to worry about is making happy is your client if you, the client gets out of your chair and is happy then you succeeded that's a good feeling right <laughs> yes do you where do you see tattooing going man as as kind of a whole i mean you see different uh, Got it's got to be different. I mean, I mean, even even as I'm asking this question to you, I'm thinking, well, he's gonna think of it on a completely different scale than Everything. what I'm thinking of it on, right. because he, you see the the tattoo industry in Australia, and you see the tattoo industry in Europe, and then Europe is a greater, you know what I mean? These little yeah, different yes, regional yes. spots. So, where do you see tattooing? As best you can answer it, where do you see tattooing going? Well, where I used to think is going, I used to like. Um, I used to be, uh, I used to think I knew where it was going, <laughs> but then it surprised me. It, it shifted. It'll shift every now out from out from underneath me. It'll leave me stranded. It, I mean, uh, uh, so that's when I have to reinvent myself. If I stay stubborn, and and mm -hmm. uh, and then you'll stay where you're at. But um, I I see it, and I, that's one thing. A couple years ago, I really pushed for, and I, I tattooing reaching the level of like. Uh, high fashion, reach a level of high fashion, uh, the David Beckham's with, you know, the mm -hmm. ads and, you know what I mean? With the Bentley ads, with the tattoo showing. And then like, uh, I mean, you name it, everybody, it's just, it's okay now to be, to be tatted. And like, um, every, when I went to go shopping last Christmas for, for, uh, or Christmas or so ago, I went to go to get my daughter some toys and then I looked through the little kids section and all the uh, kids dolls and everything had tattoos on them the little rest, wrestling action everything was tatted up my little pony tatted so and everybody there's people turn 18 every day so this new generation is is with tattooing and uh, I'm gonna be right there to catch them when they turn you ready to get their body suits like I'm there with my brand and be like listen um, yeah you can get all these people but this is what I got and you know what I mean like mm -hmm. come spend with me <laughs> uh, you're doing it man you're doing it boog you're you're living your dreams worldwide uh, I appreciate you coming on and talking with me man it, it's been such a pleasure for me to talk with you and and you're inspiring to me so um I appreciate it man uh what what's next for you and and where can people check you out well <clears throat> my dream the way most people dream of traveling the world and like just doing that, like just doing whatever they want in the world with, you know what I mean? Just do, I've been doing that uh -huh. for almost 20 years down there, but, or not, almost feels like it. But for me, uh, I have a new son on the way any, any week now. And Jeez, me too. I, I really, I really, oh, dude, congratulations. Yeah, 20, February 24th is a due date, man. Oh, it's... man, mine is like March the 10th. Oh, shit. But, my, my, my goal now, my short-term goal is to finish From This World With Love. The first book was From The Streets With Love. The second one is From The World With Love. It's way, way more problematic 
and difficult because like I said, I explained in the first book, I was it was easy because I was uh, in seclusion and in, depre- and in depression. So it was easy to stay on it. Uh-huh. Uh, now that I'm out in the world, like I'm, I'm have all these beautiful images in my head, like this cross these hybrid uh, styles of of doing like cholo, uh, like or like gang writing, but with like the word Moscow, uh, like Russian prison tattoos infused with like you know what I mean, Chicano right. art, like templates. There's just so many styles that I've came across in the world that I want to now uh, regurgitate into into book book flash in this book so mm-hmm. now that i've actually experienced most of the world and everything in it um my art has uh it's it i now i can like i said i can use that filter that book filter and give the whole world the whole world so now people can get like you know what i'm saying like absolutely i, I, I can uh so the from the world with love is that it's me being all over the world and, and banging out these sheets of flash with uh shout out to Moscow, shout out to Rio de Janeiro, to the Tokyo, to to the hoods in Paris. You know what I mean? I'm I'm, uh-huh. I'm shouting them out. I'm letting them have their own thing. I'm letting them I'm going to these places and 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 being in the hoods and, and the streets and seeing like their lingo and and what hoods is popping here and like trying to, you know, shout out the whole world that Everybody that's helped realize my dreams that that give me this crutch to, the you know what I mean to 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 rest on wherever I'm at, every play every city that's shown me love and and I just want to give it back to them. So that's what this book is. I'm, I'm all the flash that you've seen over the years now, but with the whole world in mind, and shouting out the whole world. I love it, Bug. That's amazing, man. Uh, where can people find you on Instagram? And it's bugtattoos dot or bugtattoo.com. Yeah, well, uh, it, at its Instagram is at Bookstar, B O O G S T A R at Bookstar, and then uh, Instagram is, uh, I mean, Facebook is Bookstar De Niro, and then uh, also uh, Snapchat is Book and Nelly. So I, I, I'm actually, I stay active on social media because I eat off of it, and uh, it's just I'm I'm connected to the Matrix, basically. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm a game, I'm I'm with it. I, I play along and. So you can always, it's easy because now anywhere in the world I post up that I'm there, uh, it goes down in the DMs, you know what I'm saying? I, I just I look at my DMs, got six or seven tattoos and right then, right on the spot and it's time to go to work. When I'm done, time to go eat something new. And you know what I mean? Yep. Until, I'm going to do this until I can't do it anymore, fam. <laughs> I love it, Bug, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, and uh have a best of luck with the new baby, dude. Um, Thank you. Keep in touch, uh, and and next time you're uh, across the world, you want to chat, man. Hit hit me up. We'll we'll get you Definitely, back on man, Sullen Radio. Definitely. Hope to see you out there somewhere. All right, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's it, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another week of the Sullen Radio podcast. I appreciate all the listens, all the shares all the love and support. Thank you so much. You can always check me out on sullenradio.com. You can follow me as always on Twitter and Instagram at sullenradio. And if you'd like to work with me, get some tattoo work or hire me to host or speak at your event, hit me up at joe at sullenradio.com. That's it, everybody. Thanks for listening again. I appreciate it. You guys have a great week and keep hustling.